Woke is no joke. Let's talk powerful parenting on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny, and this is another episode of Pushback. I think I'm finally past my cold symptoms. My voice is still just a little gravelly, but I think I'm through the worst of it. And so uh, I am excited to come back full voice and uh, share my heart with you in each and every week. You know, I've been talking about and sort of been assaulting you with this idea of powerful parenting and sort of making this a series. And I kind of knew that this would happen. I have developed a top 10 list, which I will share with you in just a second. Um, I don't think they're going to be in any specific order, sort of as the Lord leads. Um, But I was hoping to maybe do two per podcast. And of course, once I get into the topic, it's just not going to happen. So I'm going to have to probably slow release these over time. Um, and yes, there are going to be 10 different topics, but I think there are they are all critically important. In fact, when I get to each one, I'm probably going to say something like, this is the most important one. <laughs> and uh, cause that's just what happens when you're in the kingdom and you're working with culture and, and dealing with our children who we love so much and, and want to protect and take care of. And So all of these topics are so critically important. And so uh, this is not a waste of time, and I don't want to go through these too quickly because I believe that they are all so vital and critical. Uh, I, I like to talk about our children being able to take a stand. That's this, the word that the Lord gave me, to take a stand. And I, and I think about that, and I think about taking the stand and giving testimony We need to have our children ready, uh, willing, and able to stand the scrutiny of of questioning, of cross-examination that this world sometimes gives us. And so it's not about being the most fluent or or, uh, well-spoken person in the room or the smartest or the most well-read. It's about having an answer for hurting people and their hearts. And that's why we're here on this earth. And and the heart of this podcast, if you haven't heard this a million times over, is to have the ability to engage culture. And I believe we as parents are given the unique um, responsibility to actually help our children engage culture. They don't just live on our coattails. They don't just hide in our shadow. But they are people here on this earth with a reason and a purpose. And they are facing unprecedented times of society and culture that is pushing so hard towards them. And there's no reason that our children can't be put in that position of being uh, an active player in the pushback culture. This pushback culture where we're willing to, to stand for what we believe in and to take a stand. And so I want to help you, help me, Prepare my children and your children to take the stand. 
because to activate and to be part of, of society, we're going to have to be out front. And, and sometimes it's going to get people even angry at us. Um, that's not the goal, but the goal is to stand in that place of truth on behalf of our society because we represent the better and superior way. It's about people's hearts. It's about helping and loving people through what they're going through. So here's my top 10 list. You're going to hear this quickly today, uh, and then I'm going to jump in really on the first topic. Um, my top 10 list, this is going to be in no particular order, uh, evolution and origins. Uh, number two, um, uh, woke uh, societal and compromising pressures. Number three, broken homes, divorce, fatherlessness. Number four, relationship navigation. Number five, dating pressure. Number six, sexual pressure. Number seven, foul language and vulgarity. Number eight, pornography. Number nine, violence. Number 10, drugs and alcohol. Woo! Now this list isn't to bring fear or to scare anyone. This list is to say if we're going to challenge or the world is going to challenge our children on the stand that they're taking on each one of these positions, they need to be able to be able to have a response a loving response, not an angry response, an honoring, loving response to this world so that we can engage culture and bring real change. So today I want to talk about a sort of, uh, I entitled this, Woke is No Joke. Um, it's about about the woke society. It's about this this equity and inclusion society um, that the the culture is trying to force and to push upon us and upon our children. Now, I always want to bring a balanced approach to this and not just take sort of a conservative right-wing approach to everything because um, sometimes as conservatives and, and, and Christians, sometimes we get locked in and, and we actually forget to actually ask the people who are hurting about their hearts. And so we do have to be careful that we don't just respond, that we're not just reactive but that we are proactive. I want to just read a couple sides of this topic. And I want to read a, an article that got my attention that's entitled, Why White People Should Stop Using the Term Woke Immediately. Well, that's in my title of this podcast. So it kind of got my attention and I wanted to take this person's perspective and hear what, they, what she has to say. So let me read this to you. She wrote, <clears throat> this is by Dana Brownlee. She wrote, I'm a 50-year-old black woman. I have to confess that for years, every time I heard the term race card injected into a conversation, it felt like nails on a chalkboard. Immediately, the hair stood up on the back of my neck and my amygdala warned me that the person I was engaging with was both insensitive and dangerous. No, we don't hear the phrase race card mentioned much in daily conversation any longer, but a new term just as insidious has cropped up to take its place. Woke. Woke is problematic for two primary reasons. First, it's an offensive cultural appropriation, as is disturbingly often the case. White people or any racial group outside the term's origin will sometimes begin using a term that originated in a community of color, often used as a term of pride, endearment, or self-empowerment, years or decades later, while either willfully or inadvertently distorting the original meaning of the term. 
While any significant analysis of what cultural appropriation is and why it's problematic is beyond the scope of this article. Suffice it to say that hearing white people randomly label individuals and organizations woke is often an unsettling, if not infuriating, experience. I first heard the term stay woke with the black community more than a decade ago to mean stay vigilant, don't be fooled, or don't sleep. Soon the term woke found its way into a broader society to connotate someone who is racially conscious. While this version is still intended to connotate a positive quality, its, it, its use is arguably still problematic. However, in more recent months, the term has increasingly traded its more positive int- intentioned conscious connotation for a pejorative condescending one. Increasingly, influencers often but not always white, have latched onto the term woke and weaponized it as an easy way to dismiss or discount a racial issue, platform, or grievance offhand as extreme or utterly nonsensical. To be fair, are there issues, platforms, or grievances on the topic of race that are extremely and utterly nonsensical? Certainly, as that would be true of any topic. But this deceptively simple four-letter word has become the anti-racism napalm that we don't need in the struggle for heightened awareness and sensitivity around complex racial issues. Second, the term's use often prevents the deep, honest, sometimes uncomfortable conversation that arguably is our only pathway to real reconciliation. Let's face it, engaging in sensitive, nuanced conversations around race is challenging enough without the irresponsible insertion of the term woke providing an an ideological off-ramp that shuts down any real listening, learning, or self-reflection on issues that really require all three for authentic progress. Throwing terms like woke around as a way to dismiss the very real and consequential concerns of an entire group of people is just another way of saying I don't want to be inconvenienced by your pain. In fact, when white people weaponize the term woke during a discussion, it doesn't just disrespectfully discount that specific person or issue, but also sends a not-so-subtle message to the peers that if something feels extreme to you, you have license to just discount it. This type of signaling is counterproductive, if not dangerous. After all, white people prioritizing their feelings over racial justice progress is arguably what has held us in a purgatory of racial inequity for centuries. So this is a very, um, very pointed message, a very um, heartfelt message um, by a 50-year-old dark brown woman. And so I hear her voice in this and I will say, okay, maybe this term woke has been used and misused inappropriately over time. But I will respond one thing to this. You can't formulate or original or originate a thought or idea and then get mad at others when it doesn't land right or it isn't readily accepted. The onus or the burden of the point of the message is on you to communicate it effectively. And so what I hear her saying is woke started out as something that was actually noble and good and hopefully just have our eyes open to inequity. But because it has been skewed, now it's being used as a term that is negative. Well, whose responsibility 
is that. It's the one who's communicating the word. And so while I will even take responsibility as one, as she mentioned, as an influencer, a, a light browned influencer, um, that I will be very careful not to use this term in a condescending way. And so when I title this woke is no joke, I'm not saying what I'm saying is, is that we need to understand what the word means, what it was for. And we need to do be, we do need to be sensitive to the topic at large, even though I will argue that many who have been wielding the word have wielded it um, irresponsibly. It's sort of like somebody coming to you and say, hey, drink this. It tastes great and it's really good for you. And you drink it and you respond, you know what? It really doesn't taste that good. And they say, well, yeah, but it's good for you. And that's what matters. And you're like, well, no, because you advertised it as tastes great and good for you. That's the reason I drink it. And so we have to be careful with these words just because it doesn't land right, you can't criticize the people who drank it. So currently, as far as I can tell, there's no better word to use than woke unless somebody can come up with a better one to describe this social doctrine of equity and cancellation, which has been negatively connected to the word, rightfully or wrongfully. There is a culture that is being thrown at us and thrown at our children that is not about equality, but about equity and cancellation if you don't agree. Costi Hinn is a church planter and pastor at the Shepherd's House Bible Church. And he also wrote this article. I want to just give the other side from a Christian perspective. And he addresses Christians compromising on this issue of wokeness. So I want to give you his impression. This is not surprising when one considers the fact that much of the woke agenda comes from unbelievers trying to solve racial division through human theories. No believer should be shocked. Why would the unbelieving mind rely on anything except the unbeliever's method to deal with what they believe to be the problem with our society? But when countless Christians jump on the bandwagon of wokeness, it is horribly problematic. Such such double-mindedness is akin to being, quote, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, Ephesians 4.14. It is related to the pragmatism of past decades that has torn the church apart. What is pragmatism? In this context, it means to cave to whatever the culture is angry about and try to do what works to appease them and win them. It is advocacy. Decating our role as a beacon of Christ's truth and bowing to the vile calling of the culture. Some of this behavior by professing Christians is due to ignorance. That is fair to say. However, much of it is due to compromise. No matter where you stand, you must understand that wokeness is anti-Christ and anti-gospel. Therefore, it is anti-Christian. For the believer, woke is broke, and here are five simple reasons why. He says, number one, cancel culture is graceless. Wokeness cancels everything, anything or anyone that doesn't bow to its ideology. How is that Christian? How is that grace? It is graceless. Number two, victimization is self-righteous vengeance. Hurt people hurt people. Carrying the offenses of the past into the present is little more than self-righteous vengeance. God will deal with the wickedness of the past. Many woke Christians demand vengeance now, taking matters into their own hands 
like the culture. Number three, the gospel message isn't enough. To the woke mob, repentance isn't enough. You must raise a fist. Preaching Christ is fine, but preaching Martin Luther King is better. The gospel of Jesus Christ that pours out grace upon sinners showers mercy over the undeserving and washes away the past. It's the it is, is the antithesis to the gospel according to wokeness. Wokeness is hypocritical racism. Any professing Christian who insists on making blanket statements regarding all white people is reversing the racism they claim is enacted against them. Greed and exploitation are a growing theme. I can't pretend to know every motive of every woke thought leader who professes to be a Christian, but professing Christians should have nothing to do with demands for reparations. Is there any instance in which people pay for the sins of the past in the New Testament? So this is sort of the other end of this conversation about wokeness and sort of a Christian perspective. And you can even argue that both sides are fairly extreme and maybe even opposite of each other. But it's interesting because I think both sides are actually responding to how the other side responds. Here's a woke thought. You are rejecting it. You're making it negative. Therefore, you are woke. One side is saying wokeness is anti-Jesus. It's anti-Bible. Therefore, it's evil and needs to be rejected. Those are two sides, but they're actually responding. They're actually reactive and not proactive. This podcast is all about trying to be proactive. And this session is about powerful parenting. And this is going to be the theme that I'm going to walk through this. Number one is having your children be able to take the stand, take a stand in society. It's about parents placing loving boundaries around their children and giving them strategy. So the first thing I would say in that regard, in dealing with these issues, these woke issues, and it's not just even race, LGBTQ, and, and the other things that are thrown at our children and, and being forced to sort of bow a knee. The first thing I would say, parents, is explaining to your children that there are no sides as soon as we take a side, then we are actually pitting ourselves against each other. Remember, there is just one race, and that's the human race, which means we're all here on the same ship that God has created for us. In our particular circumstance, we're all Americans. We are fellow American citizens here, and we should love and care for each other. And if some of our citizens are hurting or being neglected, then we need to all rise up and pay attention. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. The Bible is very clear about that. And that is true for every human being here on this earth. And we need to treat each other as spiritual siblings here on the planet. So our children need to resist all temptations to, quote, take sides, but to actually, and this might blow some of our minds, but our children should actually be the mediator. They are the ambassadors. They are representing one culture to another and trying to demonstrate, redemonstrate the culture of heaven here on this earth. So rather than take a side, they should be placed into the middle and so that there can be reconciliation. Uh, the first author talked about real reconciliation. Real reconciliation can only come from heaven. And your children need to know that. 
that they are the mediators of reconciliation through the blood of Jesus. He's the reconciler, and we are his kids. We are his co-heirs. We are the one that is, that is doing the work alongside Jesus himself. So no sides. And number two, no compromise. One of the greatest struggles that we or our children will ever have to face is loving the sinner. <laughs> loving the sinner instead of rejecting the sinner. Remember Ephesians 6.12, I read this so many times on this podcast, for our struggle, the word struggle can also be interpreted as battle, fight, or conflict, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So the people that are pushing against us, the people who are cross-examining us, the people who are yelling at us, who are mad at us, our battle is not with them. It's the principalities and powers in the dark world that want to destroy us, want to destroy them, want to separate us, want to create a spirit of division here on this earth. So how do our children look at someone who is in the LGBTQ community? They look at them as hurting people like everyone else. It's okay to love the downtrodden, the disfranchised, the abused, and the neglected. It's okay to love them, to love them well, and to love them wholeheartedly. To be part of their life and to show and to demonstrate love to them. You know, my friends, if the original definition of woke is to stay vigilant, don't be fooled or don't sleep, I think I might be a believer in that word. I think that might be an okay word for any of us here in society and on the earth. If there are people that are being abused or disenfranchised here, then we need to stay vigilant, not be fooled, and don't sleep on it. That's what they're asking for at Moss, and that's what we need to provide. But the problem comes when they ask us or they ask our children to compromise. Because it almost seems inevitable that it will come to that, where I know that you hear me, but I'm not sure that you're willing to agree with me, to embrace my immorality or my hate then it always has to come down to, and I'm getting to strategy now, strategy with your children. It comes down to talking about identity. Now, if parents at first, it's going to require you to make sure that their identity is secure, that they know who they are. They are a loved son or daughter of the most high God. And they are a, ch a child in his house. But our children can also learn to talk with identity language because they can look at somebody and say, this is not who you are. You are not defined by your sexual preferences, by your feelings, or even by your skin color. That doesn't tell us who you are. Who you are is a son or daughter of a loving father. The father, like any good father, wants what's best for you. You can put this in quotes. You can write this down. Please review these with your children. You can give them this script if you want to. Quote, the father, like any good father, wants what is best for you, and so do I. And this is outside of what is best for you. 
That's the way that you speak to somebody with loving kindness. That's the way that you are a mediator. You're bringing heaven to earth into their lives. Have your children ask them, who are you? And if they say, well, I'm a homosexual or I'm a black man, or these are things that they identify with, but it's not their identity. We need to get down to identity. And it's true for your children too. Who do they bow a knee to and make them say it? They are a loved daughter. They are a loved son of the Most High God. They need to operate into this world with no compromise towards you or your boundaries or the truth of the Bible or heaven. Because they may, at the end of this discussion or interaction with the world, they may be asked to take the stand. And at the end of the day, loving kindness always wins. And if they can take the stand with loving kindness as what comes out of their mouth, it will transform people's hearts, their minds, and the way they even feel about you and the interaction with you here on this earth. It's about loving kindness. What is going to be your child's testimony? So parents, if you're listening you can write several of these down and, and maybe a few of your own. And I, I just want you to sit down with your kids and ask them some of these questions. Put them on the stand. What are you going to say if somebody looks at you and say, says, you are a racist? What are they going to say? The Bible doesn't say homosexuality is a sin or wrong, right? Or the most famous, doesn't the Bible say that you aren't supposed to judge or lest you be judged. So why are you judging me? That's what they're going to get on cross-examination. What are they going to say? I'm excited to sit down with my children and ask them these very questions. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Prepare them for the stand. Any good defense attorney will prepare his witness for the stand. That's what we do as parents. We prepare them for what is about to come because I guarantee you that the world wants to bring influence. The world wants to rattle your child up on the stand and have them compromise what they're going to say for the record. But I believe your child can have a secure identity, can operate in loving kindness, can operate, operate without compromise, and they can stand before this world with an answer, which is what the world is hungry for. I'm excited to go through this top 10 list with you. This is just one of those, and I hope it's helpful. I would love to get feedback from you about some of the things that you've asked your kids, or maybe some of your questions, or conversations, or, or real problems that you're having connecting with your children over these topics. And you're looking just for advice or, or, or verbiage or strategy that can help you, then I would like to be in that place. Would you contact me at pushbackculture.org? Pushbackculture.org. There is a place to leave comments, questions, concerns, disagreements. And I would love to connect with you personally or even through my podcast. Because we need to talk about this. So I'm going to continue to, to bleed these topics towards you over the next several weeks. Depending on things, other things that are happening in this world. 
but I would love you to pay close attention to these. I'd love you to even listen to these with your teenagers or, or bring them before you so that they know how to take the stand and that they are prepared. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture. <laughs>